The Packers clinched their second straight NFC title in an exciting game at Ford Fields in Detroit. I'm Joey of Underage Packers. Welcome to episode 46. We got a lot to talk about today, folks. The playoff race, the MVP race, yesterday's game. There's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Let's get right into it. The Packers 31, the Lions 24. Now, the key to this game, the theme of this game, if you will, is time of possession. In the second quarter, the Lions were able to hold the ball away from Aaron Rodgers, which is exactly what you want to do when you're playing the Green Bay Packers. For the past few years, that hasn't been the story. Now it's a story again. You do not want to see Aaron Rodgers with the ball. However, in the third and fourth quarter, the stories changed. The Packers were able to keep it away from their defense. Not They weren't scared of Matthew Stafford necessarily. They were scared of what their defense was going to give up, and they were able to dominate time of possession in the third quarter. Let's talk a little bit about that first quarter, though, where the time of possession was pretty even. A lot of quick back-to-back drives. The Packers, the first two drives scoring on them, 14-zip. Now, these were some incredible plays from Aaron Rodgers, an incredible catch from Marquez Valdez-Gantley. Devontae Adams showing why he's so special in the yards after catch. It's greatness. That should be the formula for the Packers going forward. Dominate on offense. That is what scares other teams of the Green Bay Packers, how quickly they can score. And that's what you're going to have to do when you're facing these good teams. Now, despite only winning by seven against a team like the Lions, I think this was a really good team win by the Green Bay Packers here. If they can play like that, play all four quarters, so subtract that second quarter, if they can play all four quarters, put points on the board, I feel really confident no matter what team they're going against. Now, the concern comes when you switch to the defensive and special team side of the ball. Now, that's that's not too confident. You know, your offense is so good, but if your defense and special teams aren't going to hold you up, if they're not going to keep you in games, it's going to be very concerning. What if your offense comes out flat in a game? What if the offense has to deal with an injury like Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones, especially Aaron Rodgers? Your defense is not going to do anything for you to win that game. Your special team surely is not um, going to defend Tyree Kill coming out of the end zone, you know? So that's a little concerning there. But I think their offense showed a lot of good stuff yesterday. They showed a great game plan. I think Daryl Bevel did a really good job um, for his second or third game as an interim head coach, keeping the Packers on their toes. But the Packers were obviously able to hold out the win. Minimal mistakes for the Packers is also a huge key in this victory. In a game like Indy, where they had three or four turnovers, allowed one of those on a kickoff. That would have been a great turning point, a great uh, change of momentum. They fumbled a kickoff. Uh, They aren't able to stop the Colts. Minimal mistakes. They were able to make some stops, doing the bare minimum on defense, taking every opportunity on offense to score that ball. Great stuff from the Green Bay Packers here. They were able to have long, sustained drives. Uh, once again, keeping the ball away from their defense, not allowing any mistakes on that side of the ball, um, not letting J.K. Scott punt or allowing him to miss a tackle is also big stuff right there. I think Aaron Jones could have got a little bit more involved, but I'm not truly complaining because I love me some Aaron Rodgers stats. Uh, maybe give a, a few more uh, from all Williams snaps here on Jones. He only did have 10 carries for Jamal. Um I don't think he adds to particularly much outside of Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones would have made a lot more of those carries. No slight to the go Jamal Williams, but that's just my personal thoughts. 
on the defensive side of things, offense is great. Aaron Rodgers is killing it. Should be front runner for MVP. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. But the defensive side of the ball, I think when you take a look back here, you take a step back, I think this is maybe a defense that is not going to fail you. That might contradict what I said literally five minutes ago, but I don't care. Um, I think, I guess what I'm saying, in the heat of the moment, Packer fans might be too critical of this defense. I think their stats, uh, the stat line or uh, where they rank might be a not too accurate of an example, but it's much better uh, than in in the moment, in the heat of the moment type deal. Um, and I, I think they're a lot better than fans would give them credit for. They're certainly not top 10, top in defense, you know. Um, and, and, you know, they have a lot of stars. And that's what so, is so confusing. They've invested so much into this defense that it shouldn't be this bad. And that's where you're like, Mike Pettin, you got to step it up. When we just uh, last offseason played two of the highest outside linebackers, we gave them some big contracts in there. And Zedarius and Preston have been great, but we've invested a lot. We we paid a safety to come over here. We we made a lot of untraditional moves last offseason. We get two first-rounders, two in the top 20. Uh, Darnell Savage was one after, but pretty much two in the top 20 draft picks. For this defense to still be, be allowing this many uh, problems to still be this inconsistent even after this year signing Christian Kirksey. And that's not saying every signing, every big investment is going to be perfect, but we've invested a lot into this defense. It shouldn't be struggling this much at this point into the season. Christian Kirksey, like I just mentioned, he's not getting the job done. I love what Jair Alexander is doing. Kevin Keene is doing exactly what he's asked to do. But Christian Kirksey needs to step it up in this final stretch. We've seen uh, quite a few guys as we're getting into December uh, football here. We're 14 days into December. we got three games left in the season. We've seen a lot of guys step up. Rashawn Gary, Kingsley Kiki. I think Dean Lowry has had two really impressive games the past two weeks. Shocking, I know. Kamal Martin, I would love to see him get more snaps over Christian Kirksey. Raven Green's entry might hurt that. Overall, the key for this Packers defense needs to be emphasizing the pass rush. They really struggled in the first half of that Lions game, specifically the first quarter. We can't have that happening, and we have to have Zedarius, Preston, Rashawn. I'm not sure what was exactly happening with Rashawn Gary in the second half. I know there was an injury problem there, but I never saw him come off the field. I never saw any update or news on Twitter about that, but that's um, that's besides the point. We'll see where he lines up on the injury report this week. Moving on to special teams, getting a little more in-depth, I think it's time to fire Sean Meninga. Uh, not exactly right now because I don't I don't think firing that uh, adds too much. Maybe we just say, hey, you know, we, we go to our special teams assistant coach. I, I don't know who his name is, but, you know, I know we have one of those guys um, and just say, hey, you know, just just talk to the guys. Tell them don't listen to what Sean says. You know, Mark Murphy can step down, um, walk a few steps down to the office, or maybe our even our good friend Wes Hotwitz can go to the locker room and say, guys, don't listen to Sean Meninga. Don't worry about your contracts. I got you covered. Um, I, it's becoming too much of a problem. It's clearly coaching at this point, not personnel. You know, when it's like a Darius Shepard fumble, 
that's, you know, all right, the player wasn't prepared. But when it's constant, every week allowing big returns, fumbling, making all these constant and consistent mistakes, it's concerning, and it could really hurt the Packers in a big game. When the game is being decided by seven or ten points in the playoffs, one possession, two possession, you cannot allow those big mistakes. You cannot allow them to get back in the game like that Lions returned it that they were able to get a field goal off that drive and were onside kick recovery away from having another chance of being a touchdown away you know so that that's not a good look here another thing to mention before we move on there's some only so much you can talk about the special teams hunter bradley had a bad snap and you know i love the goof the spoof of hunter bradley for the pro bowl and i'm still all on that i love dusty's breakdown but, you know, let, we'll blame it on Chalmaninga. That's got to improve as well. All right, now let's get to the playoff race. Let's get to all these stupid narratives that people love to push or not push or push inconsistently onto the Packers. Let's do it. Let's stop this narrative, first of all, that we need to beat bad teams by 35 points every time. The New Orleans Saints, who are supposedly the best team in the NFC, just lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but I thought Wentz wasn't the problem in Philly. Oh, so now Jalen Hurts is just their saver, savior. Um, you know, the Saints just really struggled and couldn't be prepared for Jalen Hurts. You know, I don't get it. Um, the Seattle Seahawks just lost to the New York Giants. So the Seahawks' defense is really bad. Um, the Giants' defense has some light in there. So. Are, are are the Saints fraud? I mean, God forbid we uh, propose any ideas, any ideas uh, of hatred, or maybe they aren't as good as a record on anybody else besides the Packers, or, you know, they only beat this bad team by so many points, you know? God forbid we do that against uh, the Saints or Seahawks, you know? It, it's just really irritating here. And, you know, another thing about inconsistency and in pushing your narratives you know, so if Matt LeFleur is only good for Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is an aging quarterback and he has no weapons, but Brian Gutekinds is wasting his prime, but he's aging, but Matt LeFleur just as good because of Aaron Rodgers. Decide your narrative, people. You know, that's all I'm going to say. And I know the same people that are saying oh, the Packers are wasting Aaron Rodgers' prime are probably not the same ones saying that Aaron Rodgers is flush. But it's the mainstream media or <laughs> – we're not in the political world, but I'm going to call it the mainstream sports media here, Fox News, and <laughs> all, all these websites, fan-sided sports report. I don't care, man. You know, they're, they're pushing their narratives. They're putting out these garbage articles like Rob Reichel from Forbes, which, by the way, I don't know how he's credentialed, but we are. Like, come on, man. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it, you know, that, that's just my minute rant. All I got to say about these stupid narratives, and I hope we shut them all down. Uh, when we win the Super Bowl in February or March, for that matter. I don't care if it's pitched back. The Packers are winning it. All right, let's talk about the MVP race, and then we'll finish it off with the playoff race and what makes this Packers team so special and the secret reason why I have so much confidence in them. The bad man, Aaron Rodgers, 3,690 yards on the season, 39 touchdowns, and 119.2 rating. He is only 2.3. Four away from his all-time season record in NFL history. That is absolutely incredible. He, he, I think he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that would be incredible. Uh, not only if he, if he can break it, that's great. But if if we see, you know, if 
50 years from now, we look back, hmm, I wonder who had the highest pass rating in a season. It's like one, Aaron Rodgers, two, Aaron Rodgers, three, Aaron Rodgers. You know, that would be pretty pretty epic if I do say so myself. Um, but, yeah, he, he's just on a terrorless season. I think it's confidence. I don't think it's a, a chip on his shoulder because I hate that narrative. Oh, Jordan Love put a chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. No, I don't think so. It might have made him enjoy a little bit more now that he doesn't have so much control on where and how he finishes off his career in Green Bay. But I, I don't buy into that. Um, MVP race. It's clearly Rodgers and Mahomes right now in a two-horse race. Wilson fell fell off um, pretty much halfway through the season. He had some good weeks in there. His interceptions were too consistent, though, too consistent of a problem. Right now, I say I don't know if this is me uh, not thinking anything good could ever happen to the Packers in the mainstream media. But right now, I give Mahomes a 60% chance of winning and Rodgers a 40% chance. I think Rodgers might be playing better. And if we were sticking truly to the award name most valuable player, Rodgers definitely wins it. He has definitely been more valuable to the Packers than Mahomes has been to the Chiefs, especially because Rodgers has no weapons, according uh, to a lot of people here. Um, So, you know, we'll see how it goes. So these three weeks are going to be exciting. Just appreciate it. Enjoy the ride. Um, You know, it it sucks because, you know, we get so – the peak of the NFL season is always before six months of depression and sadness – of it being gone. So, you know, enjoy the ride. Enjoy that we're talking about the MVP race, the playoff race. Who's going to finish off with what stats? Um, because very soon there's going to be nothing to talk about besides how did this wide receiver do at the combine, you know? So enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy this NFC North champion for the day. Getting into that playoff race, the Packers currently held the one seed after the Saints were upside by the Philadelphia Eagles. It is their conference to lose. Their final three matchups coming up, the Carolina Panthers this Saturday, the Tennessee Titans next Saturday, Sunday night, and then the Chicago Bears at noon, our final noon game of the year. The Saints are 0.5 games behind the Green Bay Packers. They lost to them in week three. They currently have the same record. The Packers have that tiebreaker over them. So the Saints upcoming this week, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I would love Mahomes to throw another three-interception game uh, just to give Rodgers a little nod ahead in the MVP race, but then still come out on top because, you know, that that proves even more that Rodgers is more valuable, you know. The ins and outs of the MVP race, people. The Rams are one game behind as well as, as the Seahawks are actually, uh, yes, one game behind the Packers. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how the tiebreakers work out. I believe the Seahawks might actually be 1.5 games behind the Packers. Um, but, you know, the, what, the, it doesn't really matter until week 17, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, all right. I would love the playoff race to end, go through Lambo. Let's do it. Let's get an NFC championship game at Lambeau. I know all this talk about the Packers don't do good coming off of buys, but guess what? They played their most complete game in 2019 coming off playoff by and having a game at Lambeau. I'm all for it. I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, I, I think hopefully they learned the lesson coming off of buy. Um, so, so let's talk about this though. How good is this team? Now, I, the 2010 team, I was not old enough to particularly analyze too closely. How good is this team, though? I think it's one of the best 
Packers team of Aaron Rodgers' career, and it's because Aaron Rodgers is playing so darn good. It's miles ahead of the 2019 team. Um, It's definitely up there with that 2014-2010 team, which, you know, and they're going to finish with a better record than that 2010 team. So so Jason Wildey of ESPN, he asked this question, which I thought was pretty cringe, of what makes this Packers team different than those ones who have failed in the NFC Championship game. And Rodgers had a very great answer, and this is what I've been talking about pretty much all this season or just really in the past few weeks. The strong amount of role players this team has. I could go on and talk about it, but I'm just going to let Aaron Rodgers talk. Take it away, Aaron. I feel like this team has a lot of role players. I mean, a lot of times when you say that, and I've said this before, that has almost a negative connotation, like you're just a role player, you know, for somebody to say that. But that, that doesn't apply when I say that about this squad. I feel like there's so many guys that have specific roles, and that when you embrace those roles, um, and first of all, when you give a guy a role, you empower him. And when that, that player embraces that role uh, and makes the most of it, it, it lifts the entire squad. And I feel like when you have a guy, and I'll single him out again, uh, like Mercedes, who embraces his role. He's a wide tight end on the ball blocker. Uh, he occasionally gets a target, um, but he is an on-the-ball physical guy. And this, the standard that he sets and his approach and his professionalism and the respect that he demands you know, from his teammates by the way that he plays, I think it sets a great example of what it means to be a role player. And we have a lot of guys who are role players. And they have important roles. Some are big, uh, some aren't as big. But when you embrace those things, and it's more about the team and less about, you know, the individual, uh, the whole team wins. Alan Lazard, same type of deal. You know, he might not be a 10-target-a-game guy. Sometimes he has been. But what he does in the run game, uh, what he does blocking for uh, the backs and the receivers, that goes a long way. And guys see it. Guys in their team know about it. You know, they're trying to get after him because they know how physical he is. And that I can't say enough about how important it is that guys embrace those roles. I know my role as well is to lead, is to be efficient, is to be aggressive, uh, is to be creative during the week, communicative. Um, and I've really felt like I've walked in, in that role as well as I can. I'm enjoying it maybe as opposed to other years, maybe a little bit more just because uh, you know, you never know what the future is going to hold. And I- there you have it. And, you know, I'm sure it could go on and on, but I completely agree with all the players he mentioned there. I I completely agree. And I think that's what's going to set the Packers apart from these other teams that might rely too much on their star players. The Packers rely on Devontae Adams. You know, most of the most games he has 100 yards and a touchdown or two. You know, that's just an average game for Devontae. But we've also seen in the past few years, if Devontae goes out, this offense can find different ways to function. I'm super excited for I'm super excited for Bobby Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, all of them to have big games in the playoffs. Hopefully we get a few more players stepping up in these final three games here. So we're coming in hot to the playoffs, get a bye week here um, and get an NFC championship game at Lambeau for the first time in Aaron Rodgers career. I think that's where we're going to end it off. 
I'll be back this Friday. I don't know if Big B will be with me. I don't know if I'll have a special guest with me. But I'll be back this Friday, uh, at least I will, um, to preview the Carolina Panthers game. We'll have a bunch of content coming out Saturday. Make sure you're on the lookout for it. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the Underage Packers YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at Joey. G Joey GPG. I believe that's it. There you have it, people. Thanks everybody for watching. Go hack go your NFC North Division Champions.